0: Prevalent in our thought pattern and in what we face. For some, it may be a major disappointment. For others, it may not be such a major disappointment, but it was definitely a disappointment. So some of you, it may have been the loss of a loved one. For some of you, it may have been a business deal that you invested in and it went south and you perhaps lost your business or as a result of that business transaction, you lost your job and financially and the hurt that you carry from that. What about this one? A close friend that gossiped about you and betrayed your confidence. Man, that's a tough hurt. That's a tough wound to deal with. What about someone who you knew you could bank on? Someone that was supposed to stand up for you, that was supposed to be there, but in the time of greatest need, they turned their back on you and let you down. What about a divorce What about a separation, perhaps as a result of an affair, unfaithfulness? Man, that's a hurt, that's a wound that we can carry in our lives. Perhaps it was a so-called Christian who was more so-called than a Christian. Anyone know those kind of people? Hopefully not in this church. Come on, say amen. amen. But someone who was supposed to be a light, but created a greater darkness over your life. And there's one more this morning that is something that is so real, but many times we would shy away from in a church setting. But it's something that I believe needs to be exposed so healing can come. And for some of you, it may be abuse. It may be sexual abuse of someone who has severely wronged you in the past. And the rejection now that you feel and the attack that's upon your life. And unfortunately, one thing I've found is there is... More abuse and people who have been a partaker of that, who have been a victim of that rather, than we tend to ever realize or ever want to admit. And unfortunately, today, the list of hurts is broad and deep, just like its effects and how it wants to affect our life. You see, you've got to realize that act or that thing was the initial hurt. That was the initial thing, but as a result, if we have not dealt with it or if we do not deal with it properly, guess what? Then it's going to affect us today and it's going to affect us in our future because the hurt will many times determine the next step that our life is going to take. And for most of us, the next step of that hurt is bitterness. It's resentment over unmet needs. I'm bitter, I'm resentful, I'm holding on to those things. In this message, as I said at the beginning, we're going to look at the two options that we have. We like to think there are many options in life, but the Bible tells us there's two. There's heaven or hell. There's God's way or man's way. Come on, and the same is true in this message. There is two options that you can choose. The first is this, to forgive, and the second is to be bitter. Now, you may turn around and say, no, Pastor Philip, I disagree with that because I'm not bitter. Well, listen, if you haven't forgiven, you are bitter because there are two choices. The bitterness may not be manifest in itself as you perhaps think it should. But if you have not forgiven a person, you are bitter towards that. And I want to look at bitterness today because there's something about bitterness is this. Bitterness is not a solo flyer. What do I mean by that? He brings more people to the party than just himself. Come on, when bitterness begins to take root in your life, you know what else begins to take root? Jealousy comes, anger comes, hatred comes, disobedience comes, rebellion comes, contempt comes, gossip comes, rage comes. And there are countless other tag-alongs that come as the result of bitterness taking place in your life. And you've got to understand and we must understand how hurt, disappointments, being let down can be a highway that Satan uses to enter into your life and to destroy your future. It starts small, but it grows and grows and here's what it does. It takes root in your heart. To choose today the pathway of bitterness will never develop and build a relationship with God. I'm reading a book right now called Soul Detox by Craig Rochelle. In this book, he recounts the story of his family's story and how horrified they were to find out and to discover that his sister had been molested by one of her junior high teachers. And it wasn't just her, but there was many other girls that had suffered the same fate and had gone through that same abuse. Craig Rochelle talks about how his anger blossomed into rage into his life, that his desire was, I'm going to, for revenge. He wanted to kill that person at first. But then, as he thought about it, he didn't want to kill them because that was too quick and easy. He desired for them to suffer, he wanted them to feel him to feel the same pain that he had inflicted upon so many innocent young ladies. And while all this has gone on inside of him, the turmoil that is going on inside of him, he began to realize something. Something that every one of us needs to realize today. And here's what he realized. What he had directed towards that person, that individual, he didn't realize that it was a root of bitterness that he was allowing to grow down inside of him. He was angry, He had it out there at that person, but what he didn't realize was it was something that was taking root inside of his life that would ultimately destroy him. Come on, to be honest, come on, let's be honest. His feelings were justifiable. Come on, I would hate to know how I would respond in such a situation. His feelings were justifiable. After all, what that person done was horrific. It was wrong. Why wouldn't anyone be angry in that case? But then he realized, no matter how justifiable, in God's eyes he began to realize that his self-righteous hatred was just as sinful as that which was inflicted upon his sister. I didn't say it was just as awful, but it was just as Sinful. Just as sinful. You see, he had allowed a root of bitterness to grow into his heart that would never bring him closer to God. Unfortunately today, so many have a similar story of hurt and pain. A hurt and pain that will affect you also if it's not properly dealt with. God's word shows us the danger of bitterness. Look what it says in Hebrews chapter 12 verse 14 and 15. Hebrews 12:14 and 15 says, "Pursue peace with all people, and holiness, with which no one will see the Lord. Verse 15, "Looking carefully lest any fall short of the grace of God; lest any root of bitterness springs up, causing trouble, And by this, many become defiled. The New Living Translation says, and because of this, many are corrupted by its poison. What? The poison of bitterness, resentment, things not dealt with. That scripture is pretty powerful when you look at verse 14. The Bible tells us there are two things that we are to pursue. The first thing that we are to pursue is peace. But notice with whom. The Bible says we are to pursue peace with all people. That means the ones who are good to us, great, we can all do that. That means the ones that are not quite so nice, we may struggle with that, but kind of, sort of. But the Bible also says it's the ones who have severely hurt us, wounded us, wronged our lives, that the Bible says we've still got to pursue peace with that person the good the bad and the ugly it's our responsibility to pursue peace with everyone Then the Bible says we are to pursue holiness. What is holiness? Holiness is to live a life that's pleasing to God. Holiness is to live a life that becomes more Christ-like. None of us are there yet, but I hope every day we're making steps in our walk to become more Christ-like. Come on, those things that used to bother you and those things that you used to react to, notice that you don't react to them so much. Why? Because God is changing you. The Bible says we should pursue that. We should pursue peace and we should pursue holiness. But here's the problem. A lot of us want to be Christ-like, but we don't want to forgive. A lot of us want to be Christ-like, but yet we don't want to have peace in our lives. Come on, you can't skip one and go straight to two. You've got to go through one and find two. You've got to pursue peace and holiness. Say that with me. Peace and holiness. And verse 15 really is this. What happens when we fail to pursue that? Look what it says. When we fail to do that, the Bible says, first and foremost, we are going to fall short of the grace of God. That's kind of concerning for me. Because the grace he's talking about here is not, God bless this food. Come on, it's not a prayer. We're praying over our food. The grace that we're talking about is the one we read of in Ephesians that talks about by grace we are saved. Come on, it's that which saves us. It's the saving agent of our lives. So the Bible says when we're not at peace and when we're not being Christ-like in our lives, guess what? We've fallen short of the forgiveness and the salvation of God. We don't live in His forgiveness. Sin will always bring you up short. How do I know this? The Bible tells us. Romans 3:23 for the wages of sin is death. death. But what? That's not the one. Sorry, that was 6:23. 3:20 thing is this. For all have sinned. And what? Come, Come short, fall short. It's not just almost making it, but the thought is we are so far removed. It's absolutely impossible. But thank God for grace. Why? Because grace makes all things possible. But you see, when we fall short, the Bible then goes on to tell us in that verse, a root of bitterness will then take hold, poisoning and destroying our lives. We don't control the outcome with others, but we are called to do everything possible to live at peace with all people. The Bible tells us this, I don't have the scripture, but you can read it for yourself. Romans 12, 18. If at all possible, as much as depends upon you, live at peace with all men. Even those who have hurt us. Let me say that again. We don't control the outcome of life, but guess what? We are control or called to do everything possible to live at peace with others. Even those, or especially those. Who have hurt us. You know, I realize today this isn't easy stuff that we're dealing with. But I'm telling you right now, it's your pathway to freedom. It's your pathway to freedom. Each of us today, because of our past hurt and bitterness, can so easily push verses off. And verses like that aside, why? Because we don't believe they apply to our situation. Oh, but Pastor Philip, if you knew my situation... How impossible it is to do it. Listen, these verses apply to every situation. Every situation you face. And they are your pathway to freedom. We've got to guard against the root of bitterness. Bitterness is like an undercurrent force. Pete can testify to this. Where we come from in England, there's a man-made waterway that is called the Norfolk Broads. You can Google it. You can look it up. It's absolutely beautiful. You can rent boats by the hour, by the day, by the week. People go out on the broads and they travel. And it's beautiful countryside with windmills. And and it's absolutely beautiful. When we were home last summer, we went out on a boat. My uncle had a boat and myself and the kids, we all went out with some of the cousins. And it was absolutely a beautiful day. I should have had some of the pictures to show you. But it's absolutely a picturesque vacation. The water is so smooth. The reeds, I mean, everything is absolutely perfect. It's so beautiful, yet it's also so deadly. What do I mean by that? These beautiful waterways have a very strong undercurrent or an undertow that can drag even the strongest of swimmers. There are countless people who have been killed because they jump off the boat into what appears to be such beautiful water. Embracing the atmosphere of everything to be dragged under by an undercurrent that they don't see. That's what bitterness wants to do for our lives. From the surface, everything can look great. But beneath, come on, there's a deadly force Beneath the surface that wants to suck us down. We may be able to fool other people for a time. But bitterness is poisoning your heart. I know as a parent my desire is to protect my children. From any pain and any hurt that they would ever go through in their life. But the reality is this. Pain and betrayal is a part of life. We all face it and will continue to face it in some shape or form or fashion. So if we don't watch, that root of bitterness will grow into the soil of your hurt that hasn't been dealt with properly. Listen to this thought. I want it up on the screen and that is this. It's not a sin on your part when someone hurts you. Think about that. But when you don't handle the hurt, Properly, their sin becomes a catalyst for your own sin. Don't believe the lie that people say, well, you deserve that. It was your fault. Come on, think about this. It wasn't sin on your part when someone hurt you. But if you don't watch, that can become a catalyst inside of you that what happens that becomes your own sin. It becomes something that you harbour onto. Look at this quote that Greg Rochelle writes. He says this, at one time or another, each of us must contend with the stench of someone else's sin and decide how we will respond to it. Holding on to those things, allowing the root of bitterness to hurt you more than you realize. You see, bitterness is like an archaeologist. What do I mean? Bitterness will keep you digging up the past. The only way to kill the root of bitterness in your life is with the shovel of forgiveness. Come on the only way to uproot bitterness the root and to get down to it is with the shovel of forgiveness. This is option 2 of 2. Have you ever received a package from UPS and on the top of the package it says one of 2? That means what? It's one of 2 packages. This is the 2 of 2. There's nothing else. This is it. It's either bitterness or forgiveness and the Bible says that with forgiveness we can uproot every with forgiveness we can uproot every Trace of bitterness. Look what the Bible says in Ephesians 4 verse 31 and 32. Let all bitterness. I put in parentheses in my notes or whatever you have labelled it as. Come on. Whatever you have labelled it as, whatever you have pushed it off as, it's still bitterness. Let all bitterness, wrath and anger And clamor, or loud quarreling, and evil speaking, be put away from you with all malice. Verse 32, and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Those last few words there of verse 32 perhaps brings everything into A new perspective, doesn't it? Forgiving one another even as God in Christ forgave you. In other words, the Bible is telling us here, we need to forgive as we have been forgiven. And it doesn't say anything different to that. It's not something I've made up. This isn't a Philippians as in the Philippian version, my version that I'm coming with and I'm throwing these words in here and I'm manipulating them to make it fit my message. Come on, I'm fitting my message around God's word and God says that as God forgave you, you now must forgive other people. We can still choose not to, but to choose not to is going to be death for your soul. Unforgiveness is like you drinking poison and expecting the one who hurt you to suffer. And I want that to go deep into you today. Having unforgiveness in your life is like you drinking poison and expecting the one who hurt you to suffer. Come on, say it. It ain't going to happen. It's not going to happen. Why? Because who's it going to affect? It affects your life. Affects your life. Growing up, we were taught a golden rule, which was a great rule. The golden rule that we were taught when we grew up was what? To treat others as we want them to treat us. Do unto others as you want them to do unto you. That's a great rule. I remember one of my kids really struggled with this because they couldn't get the fact of you do to others what you want them to do. They just thought that you do to others what they do to you. And one of my kids, I can excuse the fact that they were young, but unfortunately a lot of you are still going through it and I don't think there's an excuse that you have today. But that's a good rule that we were taught. It's a biblical rule that we're to treat others. But you know what? Paul ups the antics right here when he writes to Ephesians. Because he doesn't only give us a golden rule, he gives us a platinum rule. You know what the platinum rule is? Platinum comes over gold. What is the platinum rule? Here's what he tells us. He doesn't tell us that we are to treat others as we want to be treated, but guess what? Paul tells us that we are to treat others as Christ treated you. Paul tells us that our responsibility is to treat others in the same way that Christ has responded and treated to us. You can try to rationalize that. You can try to set limits and boundaries on that. You can say, well, this would be included. This must be excluded. This hurt, I can understand that. But this one is so severe, I can't be a part of that. But you've got to remind yourself today, and that is this. God's forgiveness does not have exceptions. God's forgiveness has no exceptions. And you and I better be glad of that today because if that was not the case, we would all be in trouble. Thank God for His forgiveness. Thank God for His forgiveness. How easy is it to point the finger at everyone else and say, well, look what they've done, look what they're doing, and forget what we were saved and delivered from. Forget what God forgave us from. The sin debt that we couldn't pay. Maybe we didn't molest someone. Maybe we didn't do this. And I pray none of us have. But you know what? There was still a sin debt that we owed that God forgave us from. A price that we couldn't pay. But He paid. You see, here's the problem with forgiveness. Look what the Bible says. And this is a big one too. Matthew 6 verse 14 and 15 says this. But if you forgive other men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will forgive you. Well, that's good. We can all live with that. But let's read the next verse. But if you do not forgive. If you do not forgive others, men, women, your neighbor, your friend. If you do not forgive others, Of their wrongs that they have wronged you. There's no debate that what they've done is wrong. Come on, let me hear you say amen. There's no debate of what they've done. But the debate is this, what are we going to do with that? If we do not forgive others, guess what? The Bible says, neither will you yourself be forgiven. That's pretty strong. Say with me, that's strong. You've got to realize this. This is how powerful unforgiveness is in your life. It will separate your relationship with God. It will cause a chasm. It will cause separation. A lot of people are struggling in their walk with God. You know why? Because of the root of bitterness that they're allowing to take place of where God's spirit and power wants to be. And again, that verse is not up for debate. He really did say that. And he really means exactly what he says. Well, pastor, I think he means this. Well, you know what? I think you're just old-fashioned. I think, well, if God really knew... No, listen, God says this. If you don't forgive, you can't be forgiven. A lot of people struggle with forgiveness for every reason. I'm going to give you a saying today that we've quoted before in this church, but I think it's going to really help you. Listen to this. Forgiveness doesn't make them right. Sorry, it's made. Uh, doesn't make them right. But it will set you free. It's quoted wrong on there, so don't copy that. Forgiveness doesn't make them right. But it sets you free. Let me say it one more time. Forgiveness does not make them right. But it sets you free free. And it's your responsibility to do so despite what they have done. I think that saying helps a lot for this reason. Why? A lot of us struggle or don't want to forgive because we see it as allowing that person to get off. Come on, let's just be honest. We're in church. You know, as long as I'm holding on to it, then, then we, we've convinced ourselves, concocted this thought in our mind, that as long as we're holding on to forgiveness, then then they can never be free. And they're the ones that suffering, and they're the ones, you know, it's easy. Because if I do forgive, and then it's just basically saying, hey, get out of jail free card. Anyone remember the Monopoly for those little cards? It's like just letting them out of jail free. Or just letting them get away with it. I'm not going to forgive them because I always have to apologize. I always have to be. Well, that's good because that's scriptural and that's right. That's what you need to do. Do I hear an amen? Amen. But you see, that's not true that they're getting away with it. It's not true that they'll get off with it. But Satan wants you to see that so he can continue to hold you bound by it. Here's another thing you've got to realize. Forgiveness doesn't mean that now you have to place yourself right back in that position again so they can hurt you again. A lot of people think if I've got to forgive someone, that means life goes back to normal. Listen, life does not have to go back to normal because you've forgiven that person, but now God has given you wisdom. Come on, I heard a story this week. I was listening to a message online about this kind of subject. And a guy was talking about how a young lady was molested by her father. And God did such a work in her life. And God restored that relationship. And she had a relationship with her father. And everything was great. And she had a child herself. And she let her father watch her child. And as a result, he abused her child. You see, you've got to watch there. Forgiveness doesn't mean life goes back to normal but yet I'm free from the past. I've used this illustration many times. My neighbor's dog can bite me. I don't have to go back and play with it in the yard again to forgive him. Come on, I can forgive him from the other side of the fence. Come on, that's called wisdom. Come on, I can wave at him and say, hey, but I'm not going back in that arena again. I'm not opening myself up to that. Come on, are you listening to me today? You don't have to go back into the yard to forgive. You can forgive from a distance and let God hold them. Put them in God's hands. Because of the nature of a subject like this, I know even some of you right now listening are battling in your minds. You're trying to push it off. You're trying to play it off. You're trying to justify the reasons for why you're holding on to that resentment and that bitterness. If still you are even admitting that's what it is. You want to know if you've got resentment? Start talking about that person. Or let someone else start talking about that person. And if a hatred, if something rises up inside of you, I'm telling you right now, you haven't truly forgiven that person. Two choices. I'm not bitter. Yes, you are if you haven't forgiven. If you haven't released it to God. Trying to justify the fact I have given it. I've surrendered it. I've let it go. But really, you know you haven't. Maybe today it's because you don't want to forgive them. They deserve to pay. But are they the one that's really paying? Who's the one that's not sleeping at night? Who's the one that's carrying that burden inside of their hearts? They may not even know that they've hurt you. They may not even know they've done nothing. But you're the one that's living wrecked. and Struggling and carrying those things. You know what we have to do? We have to ask God to change our hearts. And we have to ask God to help us to begin to pray for those who have hurt us and wronged us. And you know how we pray? Matthew 5, says, But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Don't misinterpret what that means there, man. I'll bless them, all right. Come on, I'll I'll bless them all right. Let them come and I'll show them. I'll bless them all right. No, God is not saying that. God is saying, in the same way I have forgiven you and blessed your life. It's the same way you must bless and forgive them. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. Notice, and pray for those who spitefully used you. Or have spitefully betrayed you, hurt you, wounded you. Those who have persecuted. What does it say in the first few words of verse 45? That you may be the sons and daughters of God. You've got to pray for those people. You've got to pray. It's hard to pray a prayer like that. It's hard to pray a prayer like that. I'm not going to go into it today, but I had to sit across a table from someone one day and I had to look them square in the eyes and I had to say to them something that they had severely wronged me for. I had to look them square in the eyes and I said to them, I forgive you for this reason. I have to, because if I don't forgive you, it's going to destroy my life. And sorry, buddy, you ain't going to destroy my life. You can say, well, that's not true forgiveness. You weren't very kind. No, I was just telling them the truth. You ain't going to control my life because as long as you don't forgive, guess what? That person's controlling your life. They control your thoughts, your emotions, your moods. They control control and affect your life. I had to look that person square in the eyes and say, I forgive you. And I had to pray before I did that. Come on, I had to pray for it to be in my heart before it came out of my mouth. Because if all it came out of my mouth and it wasn't real in my heart, guess what? It wasn't forgiveness. It was just words that had no meaning. But as I began to pray for that person and pray for that person, God gave me a compassion for that person. And I was able to forgive that person. It's hard to pray blessing upon someone who's wronged you when everything inside of you is screaming something so different. But you must. You must. You must. And as you begin to pray, it will begin to rid your heart of the root of bitterness that is dug so deep down. Your prayers for others may or may not change them, but they'll change you. Your prayer may or may not change their lives, but it's going to change yours. And when you stand before God, whose life do you have to take responsibility for? It's not someone else. Well, God, they did this and they did. God said, what did you do? See, my prayer may not change them. They may still choose to run off and not come home. They still may choose to do this and that. They may choose every time they see you to talk bad about you, to still gossip about you, to still hurt you, to still not want to be in relationship. They may still choose that. But guess what? That's okay because you've chosen right and that is this. You've prayed a prayer that's changed you. Now what they've done is not so bad. Why? Because God has changed your heart. God has changed your life. Healing can take place today in your life if you would have the courage to forgive someone. And that courage and that ability can be found in God. God would give you the strength to do it. It's freedom for your life and it releases, guess what? It releases them into the hands of God. Because as long as you're holding on to forgiveness, guess what? God can't deal with that situation So when you think, wow, they're getting off free. No, they're not. Because now they're falling into the hands of a, what? A holy God. And God knows all things. And he cannot let sin slip. Come on. But as long as we're holding on, we're not allowing God to do his work in their life. Think about that. It not only holds me bound, it holds them bound too. But as I forgive them, I release them. I release myself, but I release them into the grace and the mercy of God. The same grace and mercy that, thank God, I have found in my life. I've printed a sheet out for every one of you that I want you to take home. And I want you to put it in your Bible. I think it's really cool. I've given you seven things that forgiveness is and seven things that forgiveness is not. I think it's something that is very important for you to read haven't got time to go through it. But take that, read through it. Because a lot of the things we think it is, it's not. And the things we think it's not, it really is. And this is from God's word, not what I've made up. It's from God's word. and We've got to respond to that. Listen to me. Life is uncertain. But eternity is not. And forgiveness cannot be allowed to last another day in your life. Does that mean then, Pastor Philip, perhaps whoever's going to play, if you could come back and help me right now. Does that mean then, Pastor Philip, that I have to go to them and I have to ask them for forgiveness? In some cases, yes. But in other cases, it doesn't always mean that. But don't get so caught up of what should I do that I don't do it. Listen to me. Because our first responsibility is to make sure that there's nothing between us and God. Our responsibility is to forgive. A lot of us will say, Well, I'll forgive when they forgive. That's not true forgiveness. Forgiveness is one sided. Preached a whole series on this. It's my responsibility to do no matter what they choose to do. It's your responsibility today. So, what do I do, Pastor Philip? How do I handle it? You forgive. You forgive. You've got to give it to God. You've got to hand it over to God. It's amazing today that the scripture that Pete read today is the scripture that I'm closing with. First Peter 5 verse 7 says, Casting all your cares upon him. Why? Because he cares for you. He cares for you. You know, sometimes it's too simple. Well, all I have to do is say I forgive them and give it to God. Yes. You see, Christianity is simple. Why? So even a child can understand it. We're the one that makes it complicated. We're the ones that makes it hard. But it's literally throwing those things, casting those things, giving it to God and say, God, I can't carry this any longer. But God, I know you can. And when we give it to God, it's not ours to pick up and take again. Satan's going to throw it back in your mind and he's going to remind you of what they've done and he's going to say you haven't really forgiven them and forgotten. But you'll be able to say, hold on a second, at November the 18th at 10.15 in the morning, I gave that to God. I surrendered that to God. I released that. I'm now free. The shovel of forgiveness dug up the root of bitterness in my life. Come on, whatever hurt you're going through today, whatever pain, you've got to realize. It's not affecting them, it's affecting you. It's affecting your future, it's affecting your marriage, it's affecting your home, it's affecting your finances. Listen to this, it's affecting your health because bitterness will cause physical problems as well as emotional problems. I know some people and I could mention some names and some people would know them. Literally crippled, why? Because of unforgiveness in their life that has affected them. Bitterness is like a cancer too. And it can manifest itself physically like that too and cause hurt and pain. I want to ask everyone to stand to their feet today. And I'm going to do something in this house today. I'm going to ask today those of you that would say, Pastor Philip, you know what, there's things in my life There's things in my life that I know today I'm holding on. They're controlling me. I'm not free. I'm not free. But today I want to take the shovel of forgiveness. Maybe you don't know how to do it. And I'm telling you, it's just as simple to say, God, I don't know how. But ask God to begin to help you to pray for that person. Ask God to give you a heart for that person. Ask God to remind you of what you were forgiven for and how you can forgive others. Because it's not just the golden rule of doing what I want others to do, but it's doing what I know God has done for me. And that's what's important in my life. Send your plays. I want to ask those of you today that you would say, Pastor, you've spoken into my life today. And come on, don't be ashamed because that will stop you from your freedom. Come on, if you want freedom in Christ today, the first step is to get out of where you're at and say, and I'm taking a step towards freedom. I'm taking a step in my life, in my marriage, in my home, in my finances, in my health, for my future. I'm taking a step for my children because my bitterness is going to destroy their lives too. Come on, would you begin to come all over this place right now? Come on, would you begin to come?
1: We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard. But we also know it will be changed as you put God's word into effect. At Heartsease Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp.hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.